Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, July 21st. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. And I'm Madison Colombo. Let's check out the news. President Biden has tested positive for COVID. The White House press secretary says he has mild symptoms. He's staying put in the White House, where he will carry out his presidential duties. This comes as rolling infection rates for COVID are up 52 percent in New York. New York State is stockpiling COVID tests to be used in the fall if necessary. Governor Hochul says due to the recent increase, she's reserving the right to re-implement mask mandates if she feels necessary. Although not everyone is happy about her comments, a recent poll says 90 percent of New Yorkers feel neutral to very safe about the state of the pandemic. This is different from feelings this time last year. Speaking of the past, the state is also gearing up to do a full review of how the pandemic has been handled, one of Hochul's original promises for when she entered office. The state review will focus on businesses, schools, nursing homes, and prisons. Unfortunately, a school bus flipped over on the Hutchinson River Parkway this morning. There were no children on the bus, but it was carrying 37 adults, including the driver. Three of the passengers are in critical condition, and the rest were taken to the hospital for injury evaluations. While there's no formal police statement yet, it appears that the driver lost control when he was turning onto the exit ramp. All the passengers were drivers for the Summer Rising Education Program in the city. Mayor Adams says there may be some transportation delays due to a lack of drivers from the crash. The bus company covered half of the morning buses affected, and they're expected to have all routes covered by the afternoon. Monarch butterflies are now on the red list for endangered species. The International Union for Conservation of Nature says it's because of two factors. One, there's a lack of milkweed, a plant needed for caterpillar development. Also, climate change has offset the migration patterns of butterflies. But this is not a new problem. The monarch population has been on the decline for decades. Now for something in the animal world to celebrate. Oyster populations are coming back to the New York Harbor. A 7,000-square-foot reef is being placed offshore the Hudson River Park in Chelsea. The reef will include millions of oyster larvae, and once they're in the river, they'll begin restoring the water quality and ecosystem. The plan is courtesy of the Billion Oyster Project. They've been working to improve oyster populations in the New York Harbor since 2014. New York used to have a large amount of oysters, but they've since died out due to pollution and over-harvesting. Now, due to recent efforts, some experts say New York's waterways are the cleanest they've ever been since industrialization. Well, this next story is about a fish out of water. The iconic blue whale at the Museum of Natural History is due for a cleaning. The model is almost 100 feet long and weighs 21,000 pounds. Oh yeah, and as you could imagine, it is not an easy task to clean. Employees say the most difficult part is navigating the forklift around the whale. The blue whale requires a scrub down every nine months. In music news, not quite as happy a story. Singer R. Kelly's manager is being charged with threatening to shoot up a New York theater back in 2018. Prosecutors say Donald Russell, Kelly's manager, called into the screening of the documentary Surviving R. Kelly and threatened that the theater would be attacked. The showing was immediately evacuated and canceled. A fan of R. Kelly is also in some hot water. He pled guilty yesterday to making threats against prosecutors in Kelly's sex abuse trial. Court papers say the fan is on tape saying if Kelly goes down, everybody's going down. Rent prices in New York City are higher than ever. WFUV's Emma Lipkind has more on what's driving these prices up. Here's the story. 
New Yorkers are pretty accustomed to rent increases and expensive housing. But when the COVID-19 pandemic sent people packing, apartments were left vacant, especially the higher-end ones. As a result, some landlords gave out what many people call COVID deals, which meant renters were able to live in apartments they couldn't normally afford. So I had three months free in that building, and it was a crap building, but like very good deal, very good location. All of that was excellent. And then I got my lease renewal around March, I would say. And the rent increased by about $1,000. That's Katie Christ. She recently graduated from Fordham University after moving to the city for school. When she and her friends found an apartment in Midtown at the start of the pandemic, she says the deal was too good to pass up. While not everyone was lucky enough to secure a COVID deal, most people are feeling the burn of extremely high rent. People are seeing 70% rent increases. They're seeing $1,000 rent increases. People are not able to manage that. Wages are not going up. Housing costs are going up dramatically. It's going to mean that people aren't going to restaurants because they can't afford to, or it's going to mean that people are not getting health care. It's going to mean that people are not getting healthy groceries. And it will most terribly make people homeless. That's Sia Weaver. She's the campaign coordinator at the tenant organization Housing Justice for All, where most of their clients are lower-income New Yorkers. She says that on top of a tense housing market, landlords wanting to make up for losses from COVID deals is driving increased rent. Landlords like their little fiefdoms. They like to have all the power. They do have all the power. And, but the reality is, is that they don't need this money to make repairs. They don't need this money to pay for fuel. They're not on the verge of losing their housing. Weaver adds that while wealthier New Yorkers were emptying their high-end apartments during COVID, lower-income New Yorkers weren't able to leave. That means they weren't getting the same COVID deals and are now dealing with the aftermath of a broken housing market. In June, the Element Report, which covers rent trends in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens, released the updated average rent in New York City, $5,000 a month. John Miller, the author of the report, says this is a result of an increasingly tight housing market. Mortgage rates have gone up 2% just since the beginning of the year. That's a 50% drop in affordability. That is tipping would-be homebuyers into the rental market, making it even more competitive. Weaver, the campaign coordinator, says the state should hold landlords accountable. We think it's very important that the state legislature return to session and pass good cause eviction. It will protect tenants from both price gouging and no-fault evictions. While New Yorkers wait for solutions, they continue to bear the burden of increasing rent. That was WFUV's Emma Lipkind. Now we turn to the world of sports with WFUV's Ryan Gregware. A slow sports day in terms of action, as none of the four professional American sports leagues played a game yesterday, the only day on the entire calendar where that is the case. However, there was some behind-the-scenes moves, as James Harden officially re-upped with the Philadelphia 76ers for two years, $68 million, with the second year being a player option. While this may seem like a hefty price, it's actually a discount for the Sixers, as Harden declined his $47 million player option before the offseason in order to save the team some money to sign some other free agents. With that money, the 76ers signed P.J. Tucker to a three-year $33 million deal and Daniel House for an additional two years. With more depth than last year, Harden and the Sixers expect to take a step forward in the upcoming season. Anything going on in football? 
Yeah, the 49ers officially gave quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent permission to seek a trade. This has been a long time coming, ever since the 49ers traded up and selected Trey Lance with the third overall pick in the 2021 draft. Garoppolo, who was a throw away from winning a Super Bowl a few seasons ago and made the NFC Championship game last year, comes with a winning pedigree. But with every team going into the season with starting quarterbacks, it will be interesting to see how the market shapes up for Garoppolo. Currently, it's being reported that the New York Giants are interested in acquiring Jimmy G to push quarterback Daniel Jones with some competition. And speaking of the New York Giants, former Giants tight end Kyle Rudolph agreed to a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With Rob Gronkowski's retirement this offseason, a void was left at tight end, and it appears the Bucks and Tom Brady have found their solution with Kyle Rudolph. Lastly, on the diamond tonight, we have a doubleheader between the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. These games weren't originally on the schedule, but due to MLB's initial lockout, they are rescheduled for the All-Star break. Expect it to be a back-and-forth affair between the two teams with the best records in the American League. With WFUV Sports, I'm Ryan Gregware. Thanks, Ryan. Every Thursday, Robin Shannon goes behind the scenes at WFUV with the FUV Focus Spotlight. Today, she talks with WFUV's digital director and resident Newport expert, Lord Fidele, about the upcoming Newport Folk and Jazz Festivals. Who are some of the bands that are playing this time around? It's really crazy. There's um, always so many of our favorite artists play there. We can count on uh, every year there to be an interesting mix of some of the artists we play the most. Uh, it's it's all day music and then uh, the headliner is always somebody great. So it's like getting a whole concert at the end of your concert day. Uh, this year, um, some of the biggest ones, the National are closing Friday night. We've got uh, Nathaniel Rateliff for the Night Sweats, Courtney Barnett and Brandi Carlisle, who's a, become part of the New Park family is uh, doing a Sunday set where she's bringing different friends and you never know who they're going to be. Other ones that would be familiar to anybody who listens to the station, The Roots, Japanese Breakfast, Lucy Dacus, Sylvan Echo, Taj Mahal, Lucius, Adia Victoria, Anais Mitchell, Bonnie Light Horseman, Bleachers, Claro, Lee Fields, Taylor Goldsmith, the Felice Brothers, Valerie June, and the Linda Lindas. Now, for those of us who've uh, never gone before, what is the atmosphere like at the uh, Newport Folk and Jazz Festival? It's really different from any other festival I've ever been to. There's a kind of a family atmosphere. The people who go, go every year. And it's uh, unusual in that it sells out every year before they ever announce who's playing. You just trust that it's going to be great. And the artists stick around all weekend. They play on each other's sets. So there's all these crazy collaborations that pop up. You're running from stage to stage because you just heard that somebody amazing is playing with somebody else amazing. It's really fun. Now, Laura, um, your wife, WFUV's own Rita Houston, was an unofficial camp counselor to say at the Newport Folk and Jazz Festival for decades. So last year she was remembered with a sweet and fitting tribute. Can you share a little bit of that? Oh, it was so lovely. Uh, It was hosted by the band Lake Street Dive and they brought some guests on with them, folks who had really connected with Rita over the years and wanted to honor her. Um, they did uh, several of her favorite songs, and it really, it was very special. It was very sweet. Good to hear. And uh, my last question, it's going to be a tough one. Is there one group you're excited to hear, and if so, why? It's hard to pick one. 
I'm really excited to hear some new songwriters because the Black Opry Review is going to be there, which is uh, an organization of artists who are trying to counteract the fact that um, country, blues, Americana music is overwhelmingly white people. And there's uh, so there's a kind of a round robin of new songwriters I would love to discover. And for fun, there's like a piano based R&B songwriter named Neil Francis, who I'm going to do some dancing to. That was WFUV's Robin Shannon talking with Laura Fidele about some upcoming festivals. And that's our show for today. I'm Madison Colombo. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.